Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. So it should be no surprise that one of my absolute favorite things about being a part of the furry fandom is going to furry conventions. Those large gatherings of fellow furs from across the country and across the world have truly been some of the most special moments in my life, to the point that even the way I approach them has changed from really focusing on the programming to using them as a way to hang out with old friends and make new ones in this fandom. I've gone to four now, from the largest in-person furry convention ever conducted, to ones that barely fill three floors of a mid-sized hotel, and each one has been a blast. But each time, there always seemed to be some small thing that I didn't foresee or prepare for that really disrupted the otherwise fantastic experience I was otherwise having. And that's what I wanted to go through today. In this episode, we're going to go through a few less-than-obvious, unexpected struggles that you might come across when attending a furry convention. We'll take a look at where these issues tend to rear their ugly heads, and go over some things that you can do to prepare for them occurring, or actually in the best-case scenario, avoid them altogether. In reality, none of them are really world-ending by any means. In hindsight, I personally should have seen all of these coming. But I guess the silver lining of going through those experiences was now I get to talk to you all about them in an effort to prepare you from having to deal with them yourself. So let's get into it. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. As someone who travels relatively frequently, I'm pretty used to figuring out and preparing for trips away from home. So much so that I sometimes get caught up in my own bias and forget that for a lot of people, the actual process of attending a furry convention can actually be quite tedious. There are a lot of moving parts that have to be taken into account that are not even related to actually enjoying the convention itself. And that starts with just getting to the convention, which can be complicated to plan in and of itself, and full of unsuspecting struggles that you might not initially think of when getting those plans together. At the end of the day, your goal in traveling to a furry convention is to get there safely and in time to do as much as you can in the time that you have there. This usually can also be interpreted as doing your best to avoid rushing either in or out of the con, adding stress to the potentially already stressful event of traveling to a convention. In this case, the best way to avoid rushing to a con is to get there early, or at least as early as you can. This not only gives you a buffer in case things do go wrong, but there's also a lot of benefits to getting to a convention early as well. This has happened to me twice now, and I'm sure this happens at other conventions as well, but if things are slow the day before opening ceremonies or when the con officially starts, the staff might open up a line or two to register people for the con earlier than when pre-reg starts. 
It really is like a pre-pre-reg and has saved me a lot of time to the point where I've avoided some pretty serious lines during times when everyone else tends to show up. And in many cases, getting to the location of the con early can actually save you some money despite suggesting the opposite. Sure, you can spend the extra money by starting your hotel room booking a day early, but not everyone has that flexibility when taking time off of work or school. One of my personal favorite ways to get to a con early without staying over the night before is by actually traveling overnight. I end up flying to most of the conventions I go to, and there is a term in flying called red-eye flights, where the flight to your destination leaves super late at night or even very early in the morning, and you get to your destination in the middle or late morning of the next day. Now, they call them red-eyes for a reason. They can be tough for those who don't sleep well on planes and are not used to staying up all night. But not only can they save you from taking an extra day off or paying for another night at a hotel, but those flights are often cheaper than their daytime alternatives as well, lowering your overall costs of travel. Taking those flights or just getting to your main city destination early also allows you to take public transportation to the convention space, which is also typically much cheaper than a taxi or any rideshare service. Plus, if you're like me and like to explore the cities where cons are held, many convention hotels actually can let you check in early. I've actually gotten into my room as early as 10am when normal check-in time was 2 in the afternoon. Or you can also store your bags securely behind the counter if you can't check in early, allowing you to kind of roam around the city before it's time to actually check in, or simply rest somewhere after an unconventional travel schedule. Figuring out your travel always ends up being one of the more tricky parts about attending a furry convention, but if you have the chance, err on the side of getting there early. You'd be surprised at how much stress this relieves when making your way to a convention. Now, once you're at a con, it's very easy for things to start to pick up and time to really start flying very early on in the convention. But there are just some things that you have to take care of when you're at a convention. There are a few variations of this idea, the most common being the 6-2-1 rule. Six hours of sleep a night, two meals a day, and one shower a day while attending a furry convention. Now, in my opinion, all of those hold equal importance to ensuring you can sustain having a good time at a con, and honestly, two of them are pretty easy to follow. All of you can find time to take at least one shower during the day, and getting six hours of sleep will almost happen naturally. Even if you're going to bed at three in the morning, you're most likely not going to be doing much until after nine that same morning anyway. But that second one, getting two meals a day, seems to be the most tricky one to follow consistently, at least in my experience. This is especially a problem at larger conventions, where there really isn't a lunch or dinner break scheduled in the programming. And I'm sure anyone who has gone to a few cons can attest to this, but FOMO, the fear of missing out, somehow seems a lot stronger than usual at conventions. If your friends are out doing something or there's a panel that you don't want to miss, you're going to feel fine sacrificing whatever your body might need at the moment to be there. For me, this usually comes at the expense of not eating. I'm not the biggest eater in general, and skipping meals entirely bothers me less than it probably should, but doing that is not really an option for 
anyone in the fast-paced environment of a furry convention. You need to eat, but where to eat isn't always that obvious, especially if your food budget is on the tighter side. This is also something you probably don't want to be figuring out on the fly while you're in the moment at a con, and with that in mind, it might actually help to figure that kind of stuff out before you even arrive at the convention in the first place. You can scope out places to eat on Google Maps and take notes of the places that are within traveling distance and budget. You can couple this with arriving early as well. You could feel free to ask the hotel front desk or concierge about a list of places to get something to eat, and you can usually get a more detailed answer if they're not swarmed by trying to check a bunch of people in. And if places that work for you do take some time to get to, try to schedule the times you do eat into your daily regimen of things that you want to do at the con itself. Heck, you can even plan it with your friends so you're all getting the food you need while still hanging out with each other, and that can offer a fun way to escape a packed convention space and enjoy some time away at a cool spot within the city you're in. At the end of the day, despite it being a potential source of disruption, getting your 2 plus meals a day is really non-negotiable, but there are a few ways to keep you fueled while cutting down on that FOMO as much as possible. As we keep going down this road of some unexpected struggles you might encounter while attending a furry convention, one of the most unfortunate things you might unexpectedly run into is getting sick while at a con. Now, getting sick is not fun in general, but getting sick at a furry convention can be especially disappointing. Thankfully, it's never really happened to me, and in my experience, most people get sick after the con, but I've been sick on other vacations before, and it can really put a damper on your mood. Because of this, there might be a slight motivation to power through it while you're at a con and not let it defeat you in any way. But I can tell you that, for a multitude of different reasons, that is a really, really bad idea. For starters, even if you do make it through the con while somehow ignoring how sick you are, you will undoubtedly feel that much worse when the con is over, which means things might get ugly when you're trying to travel back home from the con, or cause you to have to take some sick days you may or may not have to fully recover. But not only are you making things worse for yourself, you will definitely also be making things worse for those you interact with at the con. Conventions aren't the most sterile of environments. There are many times during a convention where there are just a bunch of people packed into not a lot of space, and you have people traveling from all over the world to attend one, bringing an array of unknown ickiness with them. If you're sick, whatever you have will thrive in an environment like a busy convention, and your chance of getting someone else sick, thus ruining someone else's con, is that much higher. So, if you're sick, don't try to fight it. Get as much rest as possible with as few people in your room as possible as well, which I know can be pretty hard to do with roommates, but you can at least tell them early on if you're not feeling so good so they can prepare and try to keep things as clean as possible in and around your space. In fact, leaning on your friends or roommates to help you out while you're fighting any sickness can be crucial as well. And I don't mean physically leaning on them, by the way, I just recognize the danger of that metaphor, but 
asking your friends to get you whatever food, water, medicine, or otherwise to help you recover is a lot better than trying to figure that all out on your own. To be honest, there really isn't a way to sugarcoat it. It will suck getting sick at a con, but it's almost always a bad idea to trade a faster recovery for a few more hours being around a convention. Your physical health should always come first, especially at a furry convention. Now we opened this conversation about unexpected things to look out for at furry conventions by talking about the process of actually getting to a con, and how getting there early can help alleviate a lot of unnecessary stress. However, interestingly enough, the process of leaving a convention can be full of just as many bumps in the road as getting there in the first place. And the main reason for this is that most conventions typically end on a Sunday or at the end of the week. For a lot of people, that means they have to get back to work or school that next day, and not all cons end early on Sunday to accommodate this, making the process of getting back to your normal life being a little complicated. Now again, the best way to avoid this is to take Monday off and find a place to stay Sunday night, but again, that assumes you can A, afford to do that, and B, actually take that Monday off from school or work in the first place. Even if you are leaving on that Sunday, you're not out of the woods either. Most hotels have a checkout time at noon or earlier, a time when there are still panels and events going on at a convention. And those checkout times are really non-negotiable and hotels are not afraid to tack on extra fees or worst case scenario, physically kick you out of your room at the end of your reservation. But much like preparing to arrive, the best way to mitigate a lot of these stressors is simply by preparing early. If you're not staying an extra night, it can be super beneficial to find some time on Saturday afternoon to start collecting most of your stuff and getting that packed away. That way you have most of that done before your Saturday night plans and can limit your time packing on Sunday morning to just the essentials that you had left over. Also, just like arriving early, if you're not leaving the con until later in the evening, you can have the hotel staff store your luggage and bags after you leave your room, allowing you to finish your con experience and then grabbing your bags from behind the counter before heading out. And oh, here's the thing that you might not think of but can really make or break your end of the convention experience, make sure to actually plan some time to say your goodbyes to your friends. Whether it be your roommates or just people you won't be seeing for a while after leaving a convention, you'd be surprised how much giving that last final hug or saying that final goodbye actually goes into giving your convention experience proper closure. The opposite has happened to me before where I've cut things a little too close with my travel plans on the last day of a convention and had to say goodbye to people through text instead of in person. and. I don't know, there was something really off-putting about not being able to have my con experience come to a nice ending by saying bye to all of my friends before leaving properly. It's something that sounds extremely simple, but it's a subtle aspect of attending conventions that can really give the experience a really satisfying ending. Furry conventions are still, in my opinion, the premier thing that you can do as a furry. I really encourage everyone to try to get to at least one in their lifetime, even if it requires saving up for one for a decent amount of time. They really are that special. 
but just by nature of where they happen, figuring out how to get there, what to do when you're there, and how to leave can be stressful. Stressful enough to even deter many from attending a con at all. Luckily, a lot of these deterrents can be accounted for with some proper planning beforehand, and while I didn't cover every single sticking point of going to a convention, I hope sharing the ones that I've personally experienced can help you better prepare to have the best time you can at your next convention. You'd be surprised at how just a little preparation beforehand can make a huge difference in your furry convention experience. That concludes this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about things to look out for when going to a furry convention or have any other suggestions or feedback for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Finn the Panther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes along with some other stuff about furry con struggles that you should definitely check out. As always, if you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also just tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking, you can point them to pod.link slash furryexplain to find the show on their platform of choice. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll be back next time for another episode of Furry Explain, but... Until then, stay wild out there. Peace.